Thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. And here's your host, Chris Sabalero. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, have I got a show for you today. This is Chris Sabalero and I am so excited once again for you to join me on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. You know, some of the things that we think about is how we interact with people. You always hear, we got to grow our network. We got to make sure that we have people that we're able to turn to. And, and, and our business is all about people, whether it's our workforce, whether it's our peers, whether it's our customers. But sometimes, sometimes we got to deal with people who may be a little bit passive, or they may be a little bit aggressive, or we maybe have to figure out, are they being passive or aggressive? Sometimes they're assertive. But how do you develop that assertive approach? Because that's one of those characteristics that people always seem to gravitate to. Oh, I love their confidence. Oh, I love their assertiveness. But sometimes we really have to define the practice of people. So when it comes to people, I have the guest for you. Oh, my goodness. She is our resident people person, our resident psychologist. She is the founder of Skill Path Seminars. She is a speaker. And more importantly, she is my friend, Dr. Denise Dudley. Denise, I want to thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast again. That is the best intro I have ever had in my lifetime. Thank you so much, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And you said it just like I wrote it. So thank you. That worked out well as well. So how about that? So Denise, it's always fun to have you here. Uh, you know, uh, and you've been on the show quite a bit. I think this may be your fifth or sixth time that you're on the show and, and, the, and the listeners just love your show. I mean, you've now become the Alec Baldwin to Saturday Night Live. He's hosted the most Saturday Night Lives for the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. You have now become the number one guest of returning guests to the show. So I want to thank you for that. It is an honor to be that. You know, so, you know, Denise, I mean, you heard the intro, right? We think about passive people. We think about aggressive people. We think about assertive people. And in our networks now, we interact, we're people. I mean, we're, we're people people, right? We've got to be able now to, you know, interact with these folks. But sometimes it's dealing with these uh, different types of personalities. And sometimes it comes and goes, right? Sometimes I'm the nicest guy in the, in the world. The other times it looks like I just, uh, you know, went on a killing spree, right? My face is just a emotional, right? So I really want to kind of break this down. But when you start to think about this passive and aggressive and assertiveness, I mean, why is this important to understand in business? Wow. So let's break down passive, aggressive, and assertive to start with so that I can describe each one of those styles. And then as I describe it, I think that people will be able to identify either in themselves or in their colleagues or family members, each of these personal response styles and what they might mean in a business setting or in a personal setting, by the way, because we really encounter these types of personalities anywhere we are, whether we're at home, you know, making coffee in the morning with our sweetheart or whether we're at work, you know, sitting next to a person at work in our cubicle. So, and each one of those people can affect our personal response styles. So if you'll let me just sort of start by describing each one of those, then we can move around from there and talk about the importance of how we all interact with one another. So why don't we start with how I define rights because we're talking about personal rights. And when we're talking about personal rights, these would be things like the right to speak up, the right to be quiet, the right to go be alone by myself or the right to join a group. Because I assume most of your listeners are in the United States or Canada, we have certain other personal rights that are afforded to us because of the country we live in, such as the right to worship the way I choose to, 
the right to choose my own career, which does not occur in every country in the world. Sometimes we're told you are going to be this, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be a ballerina, you're going to be something. So these personal rights, the reason I bring these up, first of all, is because I like to frame passive aggressive and assertive around what rights I have. So if we look at a passive person, and we can look at this in a, a work situation or a personal situation, the first thing about a passive person is that I'm allowing my rights to be violated. Now, why would I be letting my rights be violated? Because you're bigger than me, because you're smarter than me, because you're richer than I am. You're, now, none of these things are true, right? But they put me into a position because I've I've decided that that's how I feel about myself. They put me into a position where I'm letting my rights be violated. Aggressive people, on the other hand, are, say, are violating other people's rights because they're same reasons, because I'm bigger than you, because I'm smarter than you, because I have more money than you do, because I have a better education than you do. And so aggressive people will often put themselves in a position of aggressing against other people, violating other people's rights because they think that they are better than others, so to speak. Assertive people are coming from a position where I know in my heart, and I have to put this into my head and my heart, that you and I are equal. And a truly assertive person believes this. A person who is assertive says, I have no more and no fewer rights than you do, regardless of where you're coming from, regardless of your education or your age, or whether you even have a house or you're living on the street. So assertive people really do behave that way. And from there comes a whole set of wonderful behaviors, of course, but we get balled up in this essential thing about, do I have equal rights with other people? Do I have more or do I have fewer? Based on a lot of things that are not necessarily true about us. And from there come these passive and aggressive behaviors. You know, I think that that was really a great way. I, I love that you kind of describe that with the rules first. I mean, the things that were the rights that we're allowed to have and then how that works out. I'd really like to kind of take each uh, person, uh, you know, the passive people and so on and so forth and talk a little bit about each and then kind of bring it all together as we get to the end. So you already talked about a passive person. Uh, you know, they allow their rights to be violated. But one of the things that I, I'm interested in, as you were saying this, how much of this is steeped in self-confidence and self-esteem issues? Sure. So let's, let's paint thumbnail sketches of passive people and aggressive people and assertive people, and then talk about how this all works together, because it all eventually will get tangled up like spaghetti as we interact with each other. So let's just look at a passive person for a moment. Now, going back to a passive person, I've already mentioned that passive people are allowing their rights to be violated. So how are they doing that? By a variety of, of ways, but let's just look, first of all, at goal achievement, because we all are out there, we've set goals, we're all trying to meet our goals. So because I'm letting my rights be violated as a passive person, I do not achieve my goals. First and foremost, I'm not achieving my goals out there. Now, those could be small personal goals, they could be gigantic career goals, but one way or another, I'm not achieving my goals. And if I'm extremely passive, if I start to think about goal achievement, it's very possible that as I examine my life, I realize that not only am I not achieving my goals, but the goals that I'm not achieving were not even my goals to begin with. In other words, it was my mother who told me that I would make a great teacher and I should go to be a teacher. Or it was my sweetheart who said, you'd make a great realtor. You should go to realty school and become a realtor. And I'm realizing I didn't even want to do those things. So I'm not achieving goals. If I look at my feelings as a passive person, there are a lot of feelings of, of not achievement, of frustration and things, but the primary feeling in a passive person is one of hurtfulness. 
that my friends hurt my feelings, my boss hurts my feelings, my kids hurt my feelings. Passive people often are in this position of feeling like the world hurts me. So if we look at, at how, I, how you would experience me, you're looking at me and I'm a passive person, I'm going to look like a person who, who lacks self-confidence. I'm going to be the person whose voice is so quiet that you can't really hear me in a meeting, who avoids eye contact, who minimizes myself by tucking in my shoulders and re, re, minimizing my size. So you look at me and I am so, I'm just not very self-confident and I just don't look like I'm self-confident. And of course, this all comes together in that as a passive person, people are taking advantage of, of me. And the reality is that I'm actually allowing people to. Now, it may be in defense of those people, it may be because I do believe that I don't have as many rights as you do, when indeed I do. So as a passive person, all these things come together to put me into a position where I'm not dynamic, I'm not achieving goals, I'm not out there interacting with people, and my relationships with others, whether we're talking at work or in personal life, are frustrating because I'm not really getting what I want. Sure. That's a but let me ask you this question. I mean, where does this balance now? Because I've known people that you just defined as passive in the workplace, but that's not how they act on their off time. That's right not how on. they act at home. So how does that, how does that balance then? Set, right. So let's, so this is what, where the spaghetti comes together. I was saying it's like spaghetti. So what can happen a lot of times is that, now let's just pretend that I am a passive person and I'm viewing the world and I'm, I'm coming from a very passive place, but I realize that I'm passive at work, but I'm assertive at home. Why would that be? Well, I'm passive at work because let's just say I have a really mean boss and I need this job. So I might actually decide to be quiet and put my head down and do my work. Even if I know that I I'm in a world where it's really not assertive and maybe I'm even being abused I hope not in a way that is illegal, but maybe it's just somebody who yells at me or somebody who ignores me or someone who doesn't give me feedback. That's actually technically being aggressive to me as an employee, but I may be in a position where I need to take it. But let's say I'm assertive at home because I have a wonderful spouse who allows me to be me and I can feel like I can be myself and can express myself. And so it's often an environmental stimulus that will create passivity or assertiveness or aggression in me. And we talk all the time about freeway rage, about highway rage, that now I'm behind the wheel, I'm by myself and I turn into the worst person in the world because I can, I'm anonymous, no one's looking at me, no one's gonna catch me and I can just be as mean as I want and take it out, you know? It's, it's often called the, the kick the dog syndrome, right? It's called displacement, where I'm passive at work and then I come home and I yell at my, at my spouse who yells at our kid. The kid goes outside, kicks the dog because the poor kid doesn't have anywhere to place it. So it's that secret aggression that we allow right. to come out later. So that yeah, never that's ending, yeah, that never ending cycle. So, you know, and I think this is really good. And maybe we take this. So now as a leader, right, if I've identified that somebody is this passive person, how do I interact with them? How do I get them to feel confident? How do I get them to grow out of that shell? How do I get, I mean, because really, how is this affecting the organization, right? How is this affecting the work? If, if somebody is, you know, we hired them to be the best resource, but if they're not, how do we work with them? How do we make them feel that, uh, you know, this is part of their, um, you know, this is part of their ownership is this position? That's a very good question. And honestly, I've got to tell you that I don't get asked that question very often. And I think it's one of the crucial questions, the key questions 
that you could have possibly asked me just now. So there, <laughs> I'm giving you credit for a beautiful question. So I believe that when we encounter passive people or aggressive people, and we can talk about aggressive in just a moment here, but when we encounter passive people, then if I'm their manager, or even if I'm just their cubicle mate, that the best thing I could possibly do is to bring them forward from passivity to assertiveness. How do we do that? We want to provide, first of all, a safe environment where they don't feel like they're going to be beaten down for expressing their opinions or for sharing a little bit more of themselves. So providing a safe environment is a very important step. And I'm going to pretend for a moment like I'm a manager of a passive person. So what I would want to do is make sure that I'm asking for their opinion. I'm asking for their assistance. Sometimes we have to, to do the ask in order to get the response that we want. So asking questions and then providing a sort of environment where if they speak out, even if I don't agree with them, I thank them for their, their contribution. I make sure that I make sure that they're that they're surrounded by other people who do not aggress against them. Praise and reinforcement always works by bringing someone out of their shell. It's, it's the idea of letting them know that they have value uh, it's, it's letting them contribute and then rewarding them for that contribution. And we can bring people out of passivity, whether that's in our relationships at home or in our work environments. And I think that's one of the things that we really have to try to be able to do. Our job is to grow people and we've yes. got to be able to understand who they are. And once we're able to understand them, we've got to be able to help them grow to that next level. All right, let's go ahead and switch gears. And I want to talk about the aggressive person. One of the things I would like to come back to later, Denise, as we cover, you know, we get to the end of this aggressive person, I would like to get a touch on the passive aggressive person as well, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about that. But I got to tell you, man, from an aggressive person, people have accused me of doing this. You know, being, you know, sometimes I, I think it's cockiness or arrogance as a paramedic. You know, sometimes you have to be a little bit, uh, 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 you know, toe stepping. Right. Um, so when you think about the aggressive person, how does this person lay out for us? So if I were going to describe an aggressive person now, well, let's go back to that rights thing to start, because I like to frame it that way always. So as an aggressive person, I am the one who's out there violating the rights of other people. How am I doing that? Through all kinds of, of methods. <laughs> so one of them is that I am, if there were any good thing about an aggressive person, it would be that I am achieving my goals. I tend to achieve goals as an aggressive person, but here's the caveat that's so important. I might achieve my goals, but only for a limited amount of time. Why is that? Because in achieving goals, I am walking all over people. And eventually, no matter who you are, that's going to come back to bite you. And we, we, watch, <laughs> we watch people, I imagine, in everyone's work environment, we've watched those managers who've lied about taking credit for things they haven't done or have accused people of doing things they didn't really do in order to step all over them and, and get to the top. Sooner or later, those people are going to need help from those around them. And if you have encountered an aggressive boss, you're not going to come to their aid at the end when they really need you. So, so aggressive people are achieving their goals, but I always like to warn everyone in my audiences that that's not for very long. Soon, sooner or later, you really have to have, you've had, you've needed to create connections and collaborative efforts among people you work with, or you're not going to get very far. If we look at the feelings of an aggressive person, so with the passive person, I said predominantly they feel hurt. With aggressive people, very clearly, clearly, their, their predominant feeling is one of anger. They are angry all the time. Now I'm mad at my friends, I'm mad at my family, I'm mad at my children. It's a lot of anger. And a lot of times we can sense this 
in aggressive people, even when they're saying nothing. There's just that vibe. It just feels like they're, they're vibrating anger, which can be very off-putting. And sometimes it can be scary to people to be around an aggressive person because you feel like they're about to explode. And so the feelings usually of anger, if we look at their confidence now, they experience over self-confidence. So they're the ones who are bragging. They're the ones who are saying to you, you went to the Bahamas for your vacation. Why didn't you go to the Philippines? It was far better. It was cheaper. You should have talked to me about it. You just turned in your report. I turned in my report three days earlier. So they're, they're always the, the people who have more self-confidence than they really deserve to have. <laughs> if we look at how they're acting, so now we're, if we look at, rather than looking withdrawn or feeling like that person is avoiding eye contact, with an aggressive person, they're more likely to be in your face. They're more likely to be loud. They're more likely to be dismissive. They're more likely to swear. They're more likely to do things that are really, in a sense, off-putting in a way that makes us feel like we want to back off from them. And then finally, of course, it comes full circle. They're those people who are out there taking advantage of us. They're the ones who stepped ahead of us in the line at the movie theater because they thought they were more important than we were. So that's an aggressive person, a thumbnail sketch of one. Yeah, and I think that, oh my gosh, I mean, I, my picture just popped up when earlier <laughs> in, my, in my younger days. I mean, that was really who I was. So I want to ask this question because I think that I had a little bit of this challenge. You talked about, you know, the experience, excessive self-confidence. How much of that is true belief that I'm self-confident in myself compared to that I'm just going to act that way? Well, so this could be going into a whole other topic that maybe we should uh, have for another show because they're in, on the upside of that. So I, I do want to recognize the upside of what you've just brought up to your audience. And that is that there is such a thing as fake it till you make it in a good way. And that's that, let's just say that I, I don't know, I'm doing something the first time I walk in and I'm a new manager for the first day. I meet my eight new people I'm managing and I'm thinking, holy mackerel, I've never managed anybody in my life. How am I going to pull this off? And the fake it till you make it works there. And it's not a bad idea to walk in saying, you know, saying to yourself all the self-talk. I, I know what I'm doing. I have already studied up on how to be a manager. I've already, I know these people already. I know what they want. I know the goal. I know this company. So that self-talk is really important. And the fake it till you make it works. But what happens sometimes with aggressive people, though, not assertive people, but aggressive people, is that I overdo it. And I believe that I really am better than everybody else. I believe that I'm the only one who could do the job as well as I can do it. So, so I, can, I can overcompensate as well. But I do want to recognize that pretending like you're good at what you do is not a bad idea until you're actually good at it. And I also want to recognize something else, and that it comes back to you mentioning about being a paramedic. Uh, and so anybody who, and I try to always throw in this little caveat as well, that when I talk about aggressive people, that interruption, when you interrupt somebody, that is technically aggressive in my definition of passive aggressive and assertive. Anytime you interrupt somebody, you are aggressive, unless you're a paramedic, you're walking into a situation where someone is on the floor and they're not breathing and you're trying to figure out what happened. So then interruptions are fine because you have a goal that has to do with life-saving and your behaviors are going to change entirely from polite conversation in an office or at dinner with your sweetheart. So I want to recognize that there are times when we have to talk fast, we have to talk loudly, we have to interrupt people, we have to make things happen, we have to tell people where to go and what to do, but those are emergencies. And I like to recognize that. 
I think that that's great that you threw that in. So I guess just to be fair, uh, my question then is, how do we deal with these aggressive people at work? We're we're the we're the leader, and we've got somebody that we've identified that we got to slow their roll down a little bit. Denise, what's the best way to handle it without them getting in our face about it? So with aggressive people, it is a whole different program. I was talking about nurturing and bringing out the passive person and allowing them to grow and to learn and to to basically grow into their own self-worth. With aggressive people, there is absolutely nothing wrong with absolutely, I'll call it direct direction, (laughs) that it's, it's all right to let aggressive people in the workplace know you are being aggressive. And, but we, of course, because I'm a behaviorist here, a behavioral psychologist, we have to describe the behavior. We have to say, just now in that meeting, when you interrupted everyone and you wouldn't let anyone else have any airtime, you need to contribute and then be quiet and allow others to speak. So we, we actually direct those people very, very directly, direct direction, as I like to call it. And, and there is nothing wrong with that. And in growing an aggressive person toward assertiveness, what we're really doing, rather than bringing up the volume, we're toning down the volume. We're, we're reminding them that there are other people who must contribute. We're reminding them that if they are working with other people, let's say on a project, that they must respect the rights of the people around them and not walk all over them. So yes, absolutely giving direct feedback to an aggressive person and then insisting that they behave that way is within our realm of reasonableness when we are working with aggressive people. And I think that that's really where the challenge is because this really kind of goes to the self-confidence of the leader now trying to engage with this person who's aggressive, but maybe they're backing off because they don't have the self-confidence of having to deal with that, knowing that they could blow up at any time. So I think you really kind of put a bow on that for everybody. So, you know, I, I kind of talked about this uh, uh, before we got into aggressive and we're something that I've never really understood is this passive aggressive person. Maybe just give us a little bit of synopsis about that. And then, I won't even ask you a follow-up question. Just jump into that. How do we deal with those people? So passive-aggressive is an interesting category. And by my definition, remember, my definition has to do with where our rights are. And that's why I like to teach assertiveness this way. I teach it around rights because then we can talk about passive-aggressive in the following way. Passive-aggressive is actually aggressive. We must treat it as aggressive. In other words, If we are looking at the words passive and aggressive put together with a hyphen between them, we have to recognize the aggressive over the passive and treat them as aggressive people. Now, what's happening is that we call them snipers sometimes. With with passive aggressive people, they don't just get in your face and give you their opinion loudly. What they're doing is they're doing things like saying, sure, of course, I'm happy to do that for you. I'll be there at 6 p.m. And then they never show up and they ruin your life because you were depending upon them to do something that they didn't do. Or they're saying things like, what, me angry with you? Of course, I'm not angry with you. Well, how could I be angry with you? And then just wait till the next time you invite them off to coffee, they won't be available. And so it's that sort of thing where they won't really tell you what they're thinking or they won't really deal with things directly. They'll just snipe at you behind your back later when you needed them to do something and they didn't come through for you. And now they've managed to make your life more difficult. So that's what passive aggressive people are doing, but we have to treat it as aggressive because technically they are attempting to violate our rights. They're attempting 
to do something that puts us in a one down position and ruins whatever plans we had when they were supposed to turn in their report or show up at a meeting or turn off the lights when they left tonight. One of those things where they just don't do the thing that you ask them to do because that's gonna make life harder for you. Not okay. So passive aggressive people though are hard to deal with because they often, if you confront them and you say, you said you were going to do this thing, you did not do this thing. As a result of that, my report is late. They just look at you and go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize what I was doing there. I'm so sorry, I won't do that again. And you hear all this kind of namby pamby stuff because that's part of their passive aggression as well, that they're going to pretend like they didn't mean to do it or they didn't realize they did it when indeed they knew exactly what they were doing. Very hard to, to correct passive aggressiveness in people, but we still have to do it. Yeah, I think that uh, you just described my ex-wife, so I, I'm going to have to get her on the phone and tell her I didn't appreciate it. But no, anyway, <laughs> thank you very much. I'm going to please send me a bill for that. But, yeah, yeah. you know, so Denise, let's let's switch the gears now and let's get to the assertive person. And, you know, this really is where we all want to get to, right? We want to be able to exude this self-confidence, but we want to be able to be uh, self-confident in a way that is really accurate in how we are uh, portraying ourselves as people. But, you know, it's getting down to this line of being assertive. But first off, give us a little thumbnail, give us a little snapshot, and then talk a little bit about assertive people. Because one of the things that I'm going to ask you as well is sometimes as a leader, it's hard to deal with assertive people because they're not really listening because they think they know it better. But before we get there, give us that snapshot. All right. So an assertive person, first of all, and first and foremost, is going to, and this is going to be a simultaneous thing, in in my day-to-day interactions, whether at home or at work or anywhere in between, I'm going to make sure that I respect and protect my rights and the rights of all other people around me simultaneously. So that in my actions, my day-to-day actions, and if we put this into our hearts and minds, that's the most important thing we can do, is to say that I am going to protect and respect my own self, and I'm going to protect and respect all people around me in all my daily interactions. So when I'm talking to someone, when I'm speaking with them, working with them, driving next to them on the freeway even, I'm making sure that I take care of myself, but that I also take care of all people around me. So from there comes another set of behaviors, much like the passive or the aggressive person. In this case, it's a a wonderful set of behaviors. First of all, I'm going to achieve my goals, but in this case, it's going to be through cooperation. And when you hear me achieving my goals through cooperation, you're going to hear a lot of verbiage such as, How could we work together to do this certain thing? Or in next week's meeting, how can we all contribute in a way that allows us to achieve this certain goal? Or you're gonna hear another thing in my verbiage, it's gonna say, oh my gosh, it's Mary who needs the credit here. Uh, I was just a, a, a participant, but Mary was the leader of this and we need to give her credit on the completion of this project. So I'm giving away the credit, I'm cooperating, I'm collaborating. So we're achieving goals, through cooperation. If we look at my feelings, rather than predominantly hurt as a passive person, or predominantly angry as an aggressive person, I just feel mostly appropriate to the situation. So I could experience anger even. Assertive people can be angry appropriately. I could be angry, I could be happy, I could be sad. But for the most part, assertive people are going to describe themselves, self-description, as optimists, as generally positive the world around me feels like a good place. If we back up again and go to the passive person or the aggressive person, just for a moment, 
The passive person is withdrawn because the world is out to get them. So they're withdrawing because they feel like the world is a cruel and dangerous place. Now, they may not recognize that in themselves, but that's generally where those feelings and those behaviors are coming from. The aggressive person, same thing. The world is a cruel and dangerous place, but rather than withdrawing, I'm going to get you first. That's where that comes from. So I'm going to come out and I'm going to go out there and aggress against the world before it gets me. But now to this assertive person I've mentioned where I feel generally like an optimist or a positive person, I believe the world is a good place. I believe that people are generally good people. And so I don't need to withdraw or aggress. I can just enjoy my life. So we look at my feelings, they're generally appropriate. If we look at my self-confidence, it's appropriate to who I am. I can tell you what I'm good at, and I can also tell you what I'm bad at, and I'm gonna be telling the truth. In the telling you that I'm good at something, it's not bragging. In the telling you I'm bad at something, it's not me being unself-confident, it's just simple reality. And of course, that comes full circle again, and I'm not taking advantage of anyone. I'm in fact making sure that I behave in a way that protects everyone and doesn't take advantage of another soul. That's assertive. Yeah, that kind of puts, I mean, that really kind of, uh, you know, gives us a really great foundation. And, you know, I kind of mentioned, you know, I've got a new book coming out soon, which will be called Ultimate Coaching Skills for Developing a Highly Engaged Workforce. But in there, I talk about how to coach the high performer right? Because it is a little bit, high performers are, are a pain in the butt when it comes to dealing with them. But so assertive people can be the same way, right? So when you think about this of being a leader, and I've asked you these questions with the other two, how do we deal with somebody who's assertive when sometimes they may need to be knocked down a little bit? All right. So here is a very interesting thing you've asked me. You are technically talking about an aggressive person. When you talk about an assertive person who needs to be knocked down a little bit, if I am truly assertive, then I am cooperating, I'm collaborating. I never think that my opinion is better than yours. I might share my opinion, but you're really talking about an aggressive person because to truly be assertive, going back to my definition of respecting myself and you simultaneously. Now, and that's where actually these words get confused a lot in our language and in our, and in our society. And so we kind of think about, oh my gosh, the assertive person, they're just all over me all the time. They're just always speaking their opinion. They're always wanting to get right in the middle of it all. But an assertive person might be also quite quiet, could, might be in the background, might be saying, hey, what's appropriate in this moment since I have a boss and, and he or she gave me my assignment, my assignment right now is to be at my desk and be quiet and not pop my head up until my job is finished today. So a lot of times we, we do think we're talking about an assertive person when we are talking about an aggressive person. So then moving back to my definition of aggressive and how to deal with aggressive, then when we talk about needing to, as you use your words, to knock them down a little bit, it really has to do with direct feedback. So there, so generally, because I, you know, I, I'm a, I coach, I work with a lot of people, a lot of CEOs and things. So when they talk about, oh, I've got this person and they're doing this or that, I ask them to tell me very specifically, what is the behavior that they are either doing or not doing that leads you to believe they need to be using your words, knocked down a bit? Well, they're always interrupting. Okay. There is a great behavior, but it's technically aggressive. So what we want to do is let's just say they're interrupting. Then I say to that person, I would like for you to be quiet until I finish my thoughts, and then you may share yours with me. So I become very, very specific with that person. Or let's say, you know, my definition of that, that someone's being, I need to knock them down, back to your words, 
maybe what they're doing is they're taking credit all over the place for things that they didn't really do. Specific feedback. I would like for you to give credit to the appropriate people when we are in a board meeting and you're pretending like you did everything that actually was the work of the team. So I actually go back and I do a very specific feedback loop with those people. Yeah, I got to tell you, I mean, Denise, my my head is just a whirlwind of more and more questions that we are not going to be able to get to today. And <laughs> and uh, but, you know, this is one of those things that we need to be able to address because we come in contact with these people all the time and we've sure. got to be able to understand them. One, we've got to be able to respect them as people, too, but then we've got to be able to give them the appropriate feedback to move them into that even keel of being better than they are at this specific point. And it happens whether you're passive, whether you're aggressive, whether you're assertive, and we just got to be able to recognize and give them the tools they need to be successful. Sure. Absolutely. And honestly, the, the, if we, I, hopefully we can talk about this again, because this is maybe the most important topic in the world, which is how do we remain assertive? How do we, and I was, I talked earlier about that it gets tangled up like spaghetti, that, that we are constantly interacting with people who are passive, aggressive, and assertive, and it kicks us into another mode ourselves. When someone's being aggressive, sometimes it makes us feel passive, and we become passive. Someone's being passive, sometimes we can become aggressive because we got to get this done, and I'm just going to jump in here and do it. So there are so many ways that this gets tangled up in ways that it's really important that we untangle it and figure out who we are and how we interact with people. But there, I, I, when I teach assertiveness, I, after if it's a long class, like a 12-week class, we do a game sometimes called Stump the Assertiveness Trainer, the assertiveness trainer being me. <laughs> and, and I actually ask my audience, give me an example of something in your life where you do not believe that you can think of an assertive way to solve it, an assertive statement that you could make to the person who's being either passive or aggressive or passive aggressive with you. And there honestly is not a thing in the world that can't be solved by thinking of the words you need to share, choosing them carefully, and then sharing them at the right moment, which is what assertiveness is. Well, I think you just wrote the topic for our next show. So let's go ahead and make that happen, uh, which is always why I love you here. And uh, but you gave us a great show, man. I think you gave us a lot of tools. I think you gave us a lot of knowledge. And it really comes down to, uh, you know, being able to deal with these folks that we have to deal with. But Denise, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show and giving us the very best that you got, because I always wind up smarter in the end. Well, so do I when I interact with you, Chris, and that's the truth. You you prompt me to think things I haven't thought before. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. And everybody out there, I mean, think about it. I mean, Denise has really kind of given us a foundation of understanding, but really we got to take that foundation and now we've got to start to build on it. Now we've got to start to put the rooms in there. Now we got to start to, you know, have a room with assertive people and aggressive people and, you know, passive people, and but get them into that common room so we can lead them to the best of our ability. Remember, our job is to get the very best out of the people that we are working with. We have to get our work work done with other people, and we want it to be the very best. So I want to thank my guest, Denise Dudley. And for everybody out there, I want to thank you for joining once again and allowing me to join you on your professional development journey. I'm Chris Sabalero, and I look forward to chatting with everyone again real soon. Thank you for joining us. The Ultimate Leadership Podcast is a production of chrissubalero.com. You can interact with us by email at ultimateleadership16 at gmail.com. All rights reserved.